Welcome to the Radical Middle Podcast, where we embrace tension and talk about the things you wish your church talked about. I'm your host, Tommy Nixon. As always, I'm here with my man, Freddie Romero. Man, so what's up, Freddie? What, what are we talking about today? Social justice. Oh, okay. A sin issue? Because, for the most part, we continue to say, well, the world would be a better place if everybody just took care of their own crap. What do you think? Yeah, I, so I disagree with that, right? And and here's why. Here's why. I feel like um, I'm going to – we'll start with conservatives. And uh, brothers and sisters, keep, stay with me on this, okay? Don't, don't be upset. But on the conservative side, it feels like – you you only wanted it to um, it's like a hyper individualistic sin issue like yeah like what you said hey man if everybody just took care of their own stuff then we wouldn't have these problems in this world but the reality is the world's fallen people are sinful sin is abounds right and so there, therefore it's a system of sin and that reflects the other side of it right so for progressives or liberals. Um, they only look at systemic sin, right? So they'll be like, hey, man, it's all about, you know, fighting for justice and all that. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. But then they don't they don't ever uh, deal with the actual individual sin. So mm. it's kind of like, um, to be real, I don't know, I'll pick on progressives now. It's kind of like, um, hey, man, as long as we're fighting for social justice, uh, I'll just sleep around, do whatever mm. I want. So there's like no sexual ethic over here, but, but Hey, at least I'm fine for justice. Right. And then over here, it's like, um, just take care of yourself and don't bring up any systemic sin issues. In yeah. fact, it feels like conservatives don't even believe there is such thing as systemic sin. It's, it's weird to me. Well, you know, they don't until they do. Okay. They don't until they do. And I do believe that there is, uh, they don't until they do because when conservatives have an issue that they care about, then they all champion the fact that we should all be against this thing. Okay. Case in point, abortion. Okay. All right? Yep. We look at social justice and we say, hey, let the, let the world take care of social justice. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of following Christ and living for him and preaching the gospel. That's what we're going to de- dedicate ourselves to. This whole marching, this whole like campaigning, this whole like voting and, uh, you know, protesting. We're yeah. going to leave that to everyone else. We'll just focus on preaching the gospel until, Unless, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until abortion becomes the issue. And when Roe versus Wade got overturned, Churches all across the United States were celebrating this monumental decision while a fragment, you know, of, of our country was mourning that decision. Right. And then we were using the um, sometimes maybe the ridiculousness because we always like to go to the extremes to make a point. We use a, a ridiculousness of the reaction to say, you see, they're crazy. That's why we need to protect the unborn. But we don't like to call those things Social justice issues. Yeah, so, the, I mean, that's such a good point, man. And here's what trips me out, is I'm like, it's exactly what you just described. It's kind of like, you know, social justice, you know, we don't need a social gospel until it's abortion. And and really, that became, there's books written about this, and there's, you know, there's a lot you can find on this, but but that really became a political move. And, and go back to the to our last episode, right? Yeah. Go If you haven't heard that one, go check that one out. But it really became about that. It's like it's an issue that we can get people on our side with. And the reality is it's a really complex issue. And 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 even me saying that, I'm sure there are people out there listening that are like, nope, no, it's not. It's either it's either this or that. So which side are you on? And I get so tired of that dichotomy and this false dichotomy of just kind of like, you're either with us or against us. And it's like, well, no, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I mean, and even the fact that it's like two men 
even discussing abortion <laughs> is like in in that sense it's, yeah. it's a little ridiculous right yeah. it's like well where's the women's voice on this and that's really who should we be should listening to and that's but but in the lens of that it's kind of like well it's much more complex than what we make it about and the reason we dumb it down and it could be abortion it could be immigration it could be black lives matter it could be whatever justice issue you want to talk about we dumb it down so that we can just easily get gain support on it and so you you make it to this thing where it's like you're either with us or against us it's black and white which one are you on and it's like well I want to engage that. And that's why we talk about the middle, which is a di- space of dialogue. Yeah. Because it is it is complex. Yeah, for sure. There's a, you know, there's a fragment that'll say, well, this is um, this is a human rights issue, abortion. Mm-hmm. No, this is an unborn issue. It's a scientific issue. And it'll be a fragment that'll say, no, this is a women's issue. Mm-hmm. No, this is a social issue. No, this is a spiritual issue. And everyone picks their corner. Yeah. You know, before the Royal Rumble starts and we're going to go ahead and fight and see who's left standing at the end of the. And this is a perpetual battle that we're going to go through. And so a lot of times as the church, we pick and choose, you know, which issues we're going to go. We're going to we're going to rally the collective behind and which us in which issues collectively we're going to choose to ignore. Man, I mean, and this is back to our episode when we talked about shared suffering right? The, the idea of compassion to suffer with. It, this connects to that because I, I really feel about when it comes to like uh, social justice as a sin, and it is a sin, friends. There's systemic sin and there's individual sin and Jesus came to, to abolish sin. Like he came to deal with our sin issues, right? And that's the cross and, and what we believe in that. But it feels like we pick and choose the sins that mm. we're against and that we're going to fight for and fight against and those kind of things. And it feels like to me that we pick those sins based on convenience and proximity. It, it's like, what's the, what thing can I be against that with the least amount of effort on my side? Right. And, and that's actually what bothers me. And that's why I think there's a call to, to suffering with. Cause it's like, one, to suffer with someone, it takes a long time. You, you gotta really, and we gave a whole guide to it, right? And when we talk about the image of God, but we, there's a, there's a time, there's an incubation period, there's a, a waiting in the tension, there's a, a walking, there's a relationship there, right? And so it's not just like, well, are you for that or against that? Like, it's really easy to just be like, I'm against it. And, and then, well, what are you going to do about it? Are, are you going to adopt a child? On, are you, you going to walk with mothers who are going through crisis pregnancy? Are you going to, like, what, what are you going to actually do about it? Right. Um, and so few people that are waving whatever banner or flag they actually don't embody the value that it's just really easy. Like, this is my group and here's what we do about it. And, and that's what I think bothers me when it comes back to the hypocrisy, right? Like our last episode. Cause it's just, it's like, did you know what's inspiring to me? People that go, this is what I believe. And this is what I do about it. Right. And I, I respect those people. Yeah. I go, well, at least you, you put your skin in the game. You know what I mean? So we, we've uh, met people on multiple sides of this particular issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, girls that, you know, they didn't get an abortion because their Christian family told them that it was wrong. And yet they were never helped or even kicked out of their home for having, getting pregnant out of wedlock. Right. You know, but we're going to go ahead. Or I read like, you know, people's posts and say, well, the Bible is very clear on this, that life starts at conception, you know, and we don't really want to wrestle with this. And, and we say things like there are so many uh, places where women can go and get help. 
and we we like to post about them and we like to contribute our $25 towards it, you know, whenever yeah. this issue comes up, just to feel at peace to say, hey, I'm on the right side of this. Yeah. But the messiness of it, Tommy, like, you know, I know people like my, my wife and I know people that have that they've made the decision, the conscious decision to foster children. Yeah. And love on them for whether it's for a weekend, for weeks, months or years, knowing that they can be reunited with their families at any point because they want to live out the gospel and take and, and, and advocate for mm. kids, you know, from the womb to the tomb. Right. And we're missing it, bro. We're missing it because it's like, OK, once they're born, hey, you guys are on your own because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're brown, because you're black, because yeah. you don't look like me, because you, your mom made a bad decision. Your parents made a bad decision. You, you guys got to live with that consequence when we're. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm so flustered and I just don't know what the radical middle is on this issue. Yeah, no, I and I, it's a really tough one, man. And and I, I go in this, you know, as we talk about systemic sin and, and social justice and as we should engage in it, I, I'm reminded of um, <laughs> in Roman times, like when a, a baby came out and it was disfigured or it was small or it seemed weak or it, they, they'd place it on the wall of the city to, to expose so it would die like that. And, and what Christians in the first century started doing was they just go and they'd grab those babies and, and they would raise them. And it was so weird to the Romans that they're just like, what is the matter with this? This cult is what they call yeah. it, right? The sect. And, and there's a, there's a response to that to where, listen, friends, I, I'm not here to, to give all this advice on, on abortion or even, even share all my beliefs about it. But when you have actions like that, that's such a witness to go. And then if people are like, oh, why, do, why do you act that way? Or why do you do that? Or why, why does everybody in this church adopt kids? Or why, why do you walk with people? Or why do you, why do you show love to people that have had abortions? Yeah. Like, because we're different. Right. Like this is our, because we're called to actually engage and show what the kingdom of God is like right? in a really broken and messed up world and in areas that are really difficult. Right. Mm. And eventually, you know, that, that ethic of Christians doing this with these, these children on the wall eventually changed culture. For sure. Right. And so part of me kind of goes, let's do that kind of work. Right. And, and, you know, and put the bullhorns down a little bit. Now people will, will be like, well, but we have an opportunity to change laws and do all that. Okay, cool. Then I, I would press you. And again, I don't think that's what this episode is about, but you, there's a right. lot of statistics where you go, do you know that the, the amount of abortions that happen um, under like democratic um, presidencies and stuff are a lot lower than during, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, Republican ones. Well, that's interesting to me. And I, I'd want to search that out. And I yeah. think that's, that's some of those places where we can in dialogue and try to figure out. But what is our response as believers to that space to suffer with? And I do feel like, you know, the question can become like, okay, so yeah, UIWI is, is a Christian organization. Yeah. And uh, we should, as the church, let the government handle social justice issues. We're going to go ahead and preach the gospel and just preach the Bible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that, you know, going back to this family that we know that, you know, they've devoted the couple families actually that we know personally that they have devoted their lives to fostering and adopting children. What a beautiful manifestation of right. the gospel. 
when they as um as one particular race have three or four kids of different races and they all call them mom and dad once they get adopted and it's like it's a beautiful picture yeah tommy like why sh- what w- like wh- why are we called to engage in social like in in response and confess our social justice sin Did, well okay so a couple things man because you, you said a lot right there bro one I'm not sure. Now, this is just my belief, right? I'm not sure as the church, we it, we vacillate between wanting the government to solve our problems and do what our job is, and then other times, like, no, like, completely against it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. And depending on where you're at on the political spectrum, like, there's that space. But I think we're called as the church in our behavior from the lens of scripture and how we're supposed to engage and really suffer with, that's why I keep on bringing it up to suffer with people. Well, that it ultimately changes the culture around us. And so I don't think, I don't, I don't look to the government because if initially the government's going to be inefficient, right? That's just what it is, you know, and it's going to be status quo and it's going to be, it's going to be all these things that I just go, ugh. But on the same time, we can be as critical as we want about the government and this policy and that policy and and not do anything in our own neighborhoods, in our own with our own families, in our own uh, cities, in our own counties, in our own state. Like we actually can create movements. In fact, if you look at the Christian story, as much as I can be critical about Christendom, right, Um, you know, starting with Constantine on. I can also go, where do you think all education came for the poor, not just rich folks? Right. Believers. Yep. Where do you think hospitals came from? Right. Believers. Where do you think, where do you, I, where do you think feminism started? Uh, believers until we got, we get afraid of these spaces and then we abdicate them and then other people take them over. And I believe at times can take them to places that, that, that isn't what God had in, you know, in mind. Right. And so, and so I, I just go, man, Christians, we actually have this opportunity to actually embody and live this thing out. And we're content with just going, whoa, well, you know, and just being upset at yeah. people who are. And that's where it kills me, where I'm like, guys, why? This is our ethos, and we're letting other people do it. Yeah. And then getting upset at them, and then basically, you know, they're all Marxist, right? So, or whatever it is, you know, um, fascist. You know, you could do both sides, but. You know, um, as we study scripture, you see in various parts of scripture where God would raise up prophets because they would be the ones to call. He would have to raise one man, you know, one yeah, yeah. person, because everybody was blind to their collective sin. He would raise one person and say, because you you have oppressed the poor or because you have marginalized, you know, women and you've forgotten about widows because you are so materialistic and yeah. you fatten yourself up and your 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 sin is gluttony and idolatry, <laughs> etc. You know, XYZ, you will go through this and this and this to learn, you know, and God's thing was always redemption. But he'd raise up prophets because there was a collective, he'd call out a group of people and call out the nation. Right. What's the collective sin in our time, Tommy, that Oh, We're yes. ignoring that if God were to raise up prophets right now, I mean, in, you know, like, or we could just stay in context with urban youth workers. What, what, what is the collective <laughs> sin, man, that if God were to raise up prophets, they would be saying, this is the thing that we've ignored or the thing that we're doing that's killing our people. Yeah, man, that's such a good question. I mean, there's, so, <laughs> it feels like there's so many, just like the prophets of old where they picked on all these different things. I mean, even all the things you actually just said, I'd go, yeah, I think the prophets would still say the same things today. Yeah. Um, I think 
I, I think you could hear a prophet just going, you know, and, and there are prophetic voices now, you know, that are calling out um, churches that, that are greedy, right? Leaders who have become idols. Uh, and, and also, you know, um, and idolatry and, and nationalism and, and those kind of things. I think, God, we would be calling people to that, back, coming back to a love for Christ. You don't forget your first love, you know? And so I actually think it's, it's all that. Um, and, and so I, I honestly think like, yeah, if there are prophets today and they're, like I said, there are prophetic voices. They'd be shouting those things. They'd be talking about injustice. And the thing that I think grieves, grieves my heart, but grieves God's heart is how can as believers, large groups of people, say they're suffering and hurting and we don't care. Like, in fact, we, we blame them. We come down on them. We, we, we call them all sorts of names. Uh, like, like, and, and the biggest one for me in the last couple of years has been the, you know, BLM. I, I just felt like, how could you have repeated hurt and pain over and over and over again? And the Christian response is not all the whole Christian, but, but white evangelicalism's response is, no, you're not in pain. You just need to stop crying about it. No, well, okay. And then every single time there was a shooting and a, and a police murder, they'd be like, well, you know, and they'd, they'd come up with ways to, 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 to dis, you know, regard right. it. And right. I, I just go, oh my gosh, like, how can you know God and, and read his word and then have that kind of callous heart towards other people? Right. I mean, it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, the, the man on the road is a good Samaritan. I, I just go, uh, Jesus gave us like a parable that explains that. Yeah. And you are the Levite and the priest. I, yeah. I don't get it. Well, yeah. Well, when it comes to that parable, the question was asked, well, God, who Jesus, who's my neighbor? Yeah. And so he comes up with this parable about two very historically hostile groups of people and the good Samaritan being the one that actually stops and not only picks this man up and rescues him, but is willing to put his money where his mouth is and pay the price for his rehabilitation. Yeah. With no guarantee to ever be paid back. In fact, that's not what he wanted. Right. The church is, it, you know, we are called as believers to have compassion, to suffer with things that we've discussed in other episodes, Tommy. And here we are still, like you said, um, yeah. repeating the same sin cycles that, Christian nations or godly nations in the past or sinning, and, and yet we think that we're far above those sins and that those sins don't pertain to us. A huge thing that just ruffles, you know, my feathers yeah. is when something happens, you know, with African Americans being shot and killed or a mass shooting happening yeah. at a school, how quickly both sides politicize the issues. Yeah, yeah. And when believers participate, like here, the, the world is already debating this on their own. They don't need us. They're, we're not even invited to the table. Right. And yet, here we are pulling up a chair. <laughs> we want to be a part of this conversation. We want to add our two cents about right. mass shootings, about black people getting killed, right. about immigration and people dying across the border in the desert. We want to add, and there's so much noise, and we forget, like, hey, before, because be, people are like, wait, wait till the facts come out. For what? Can we grieve that a black guy just got killed? Yeah. Can we Again. grieve that 20 something kids just got murdered? Yeah. Well, yeah, man. 
I mean, I, honestly, brother, like, I think even beyond that too, man, is can we show up? Like, leave all your, leave all your talk and stuff to the side, man. Can we, can we just show up? This is what we've always done as believers. You know what I mean? That, that we have a history of this, of just like showing up. And that's why suffering was so important. I think that's part of the emotion, bro, right? For bro, you, the right? emotion is that we're not sitting in, we're not sitting with those that are suffering. Yeah. And we're saying, hey, here's the sin. The sin is X, Y, Z. And you, man, you're 100% right. We're not showing up. Yeah. We're, in, in fact, we think that we're showing up by adding our two cents and all we're doing is adding to the noise. Yeah. There's no silence that pierces through that says, hey, Christ is here to redeem, mm. to heal, yeah. to rehabilitate, to forgive, to restore, to love. And that's what I have issue with. Yeah. That's a collective sin that I would like to call out. Right. You know, I just want to say sometimes, hey, Christians, can we just shut up for a second, you know, and just focus on the thing, like the immediate thing that matters most. All those other things are important. We need to talk yeah. about it. But yeah. I think Christ would grieve. I, yeah. And, and here's the thing. And here's why if you are an urban youth worker, you're out there right now. This is why I love you so much. Because I know so, I know thousands of you that are literally suffering with on the ground in places like Uvalde, in, in, in places that, that, that shootings are happening every day. Shoot, right. I think about our leaders in East LA and, and do you, I, I mean, the amount of murders that are happening every week there, like this week is incredible. It's, it's crazy. And they're there putting their lives on the line, suffering with yeah. from that space, grew right. up in that space. They're dealing with it, being healed by Jesus, still calling young people and just going, I'll, I'll walk with you and your family. I'll go to the funeral. I'll like that. And this is why I believe it's urban youth workers, not the, ins, not, not the org, right. But, but the people that are, why they're the future of the church. Like they're the tip of the spear to go, I'll teach the rest of the church how to suffer with people. Well, because we live in it and we've been doing it and this is how you show up. And yet there's some of the most under-resourced people that I know in quote unquote ministry. I, I just go, are you kidding me? You're yeah. going to go build another fountain on your church property. <laughs> and, and we're over here doing uh, uh, we're, we're running after school programs on a sidewalk with yep. a table while everybody sells drugs around us. Like, like it's that kind of stuff. And then you want to get on and talk about, you're self-righteous, like, well, man, if they just complied with the police officer, I'm like, dude, we've experienced corrupt policing as well. Mm. I've seen it. And yeah, there are good police officers. Yes. I know yes. somebody's going to write the comment, but the reality is that system's broken as well. Yeah. And we're the ones showing up. So a lot of it for me too, I, I get emotional too with it, bro. Cause a lot of it for me is like, Hey, Christians, man, shut up, dude. You're not down. You haven't actually lived this out. You don't know what you're talking, but you want to get on and and then demonize me because I don't hold whatever political line, you know, or I'm not woke enough for you or I'm not. I'm I'm the one been doing it. So, you know what I'm saying? So that sounds a little self-righteous, too. But anyway, <laughs> Less- I, like there's been this this lived experience and imagine a church full of people like that. That is what we're going to end with. Yeah, man. Imagination. Would you would you just would you dare to dream with us and imagine a place where we would confess our collective sin as a church and say, hey, we're going to sit in the tension. We're going to sit in the radical middle of personal issues and collective issues. Mm. 
continue this conversation. We'll see you next time. If you liked today's episode, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out the Radical Middle Show on YouTube at UIWI.